Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview podcast show as we look forward to the fixture, Luton Town, coming to town. Come uh, on! Yes, Come on. Sunderland versus Luton, 3pm on Saturday. In the studio with me tonight, we have Michael Loft. Good evening. Uh, Matthew Keeling. Hello. And uh, we have a roving reporter out and about today uh, in the form of James Copley. He's been speaking to, so in this show, right, you'll hear from Luke O'Nine, Jimmy Dunn and Charlie Methven. I feel slightly redundant, to be honest. Well, you know, we just got to fill in the bits in between the, the interviews. Uh, but we are looking forward to a big fixture on Saturday. Before we get to that, let's have a quick look back on Tuesday night's game. We had a reaction show podcast, which you, I think you were, we both yeah, on. Yeah, we were both, we were both, we were both on. But uh, let's just discuss it very briefly. Uh, Michael, uh, you know, now you've had time for the dust to settle. Happy with the the win, obviously, and and the the occasion. Are you kind of over it now? Oh yeah, I mean I've managed to come on the metro through the gear set, and I've not been like walking around making four 0 gestures at any marks <laughs> as I've walked through the studio. So you did well, I have. But but um, to be serious, yeah, it was a very strange occasion. I think everybody's commented on this. I think it's slightly been emphasised a little bit too much about the whole kind of like men versus boys things when we had a fair few kids playing ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that was a good thing to come out the other night. Let's just, for one minute, let's just completely forget it was against Newcastle. Let's forget the occasion. Barley Mumba got more minutes under his belt. Kim Yorker got a goal. Luke Molyneux came on. Hackett came on. So these young lads are getting really good minutes. And it was in front White of White got minutes as well. Charlie White, yeah, yeah. He scored as well, which will do his confidence good. Chris McGuire scored a goal, which will do his confidence a world of good. Because, again, he was quite a poor review of the night. But I o- think... Ozturk as well. Yeah. Another one yeah. getting time. So it's all positive. But I think particularly from the young players, I don't think a lot of them will have played in front of an atmosphere like that. I mean, even though like I'm not saying it was like a, a proper derby, but... Our fans were certainly a lot more up for it than a typical Czech trade trophy game. So it was a good experience all around for the young players and it was just pleasing to get the game out of the way and now we can look forward to the bigger things coming up. Similar sentiments? Yeah, I think, obviously, for me, as soon as the first goal went in, it was just a relief, to be honest. Once once we'd scored, there yeah. was no way we, they were going to... They just didn't look like scoring, to be honest. And it was just a... We'll never speak of it again. But we are speaking about it. <laughs> no, we won't speak of it again, apart from a reaction podcast and introducing tonight's show. Um, yeah, but that's it now. Yeah. Um, today, the club had had a kind of, um, I guess, press conference of sorts down at Burtley yeah. Boxing uh, Gym. And we took... Um, James Copley went down for, for us, didn't he? Uh, he spoke to Charlie Methvin on the subject of the Checker Trade Trophy. He's saying, I'm saying two, games, two games from Wembley. Yeah. And it focuses the mind a little bit. The Checker Trade Trophy final, the JPT finals it used to be, is a fantastic day 
for two reasons. First of all, unlike the League Cup and the FA Cup, the whole, it's, like, it's like a playoff final. The whole stadium is devoted just to fans of those two teams. There's no selling to yeah. the rest of the country or corporates and like that. It's just 50-50. So you just get the colours just go like that on either side. And the second reason is, is it matters, but it doesn't really matter. So probably you can go to a Wembley, which you can just enjoy it. And if you win, great. If you don't win, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't even really spoil your weekend. It's, it's, it's not, you know, so it's just really fun. It's a really fun day out. I think it's potentially one of those moments as well for fans, given the heartache over the years, where yeah. they look back on and kind of, you know, get some pride. 100%. It's one of those moments where you say, do you know what, that's, this, is a, this fun weekend is part of the reason. Football is fundamentally meant to be fun, both to play um, and to watch and to be involved in it. So that was the executive director of Sunderland Football Club, Charlie Methvin, speaking to James Copley about the Checker Trade Trophy and the, the competition as a whole, getting to Wembley. Michael, you, you'd love to get to Wembley, right? But it's got to be the right opposition. Yeah, completely. Um, because it would be fantastic if, say, we play Portsmouth in the final because they're a massive club as well for the level and they would take a really good following. We would take a really good following. And it would be a fantastic... I think it's a final of the Czech trade would love as well because it would be a fantastic advert for them seeing so many people at Wembley, two really big clubs. And it's a chance of silverware and I think we'd all have a lovely old time providing that we won. But my only fear is I just hope that it's not Manchester City that we get... Should we get to the final and I hope they're knocked out with the next opportunity because... Well, you, just... you, you you actually made a point earlier, didn't you, in the week that you'd, you'd actually love to get Man City in the next round. I, I would because that means that if we beat them, fantastic, then it's only league size left in the competition. And if Manchester City beat us, then we have no chance of having our day at Wembley kind of devalued slightly by playing an under-21 side in the final because I just don't think it'll be the same occasion because... Manchester City fans are tra- the League Cup final in 2014 with a little bit of contempt, so they're not exactly going to take like thousands think, of fans. I was to... going to say, do you but, think? I don't think they'd, they'd turn out the fans well, for that. The first team could be playing on the same day. Yeah, so I, yeah. I guess Man City could have a game. So I guess if I was a Manchester City fan that lived in London and I had a bit of spare cash, I might pop down, but I certainly yeah. wouldn't be tracking from Manchester. You know no, what I'm saying? I, it's because it, it it could be a, a take away the well, not even taking away the check your trade trophy aspect to it. It could be. A, a brilliant occasion and yeah. I was at the final a few years ago I think it was Walsall Bristol City I was at the final there were 74,000 people there for that that was obviously before under 21s or under 23s and were introduced. as Charlie said in the audio as well you just get half of, of, the, yeah. of the ground there's no neutral seats so it, as yeah. such you know it's, it's just colours both sides yeah. it was a great, good, good day it out. was a good day out, yeah. yeah and obviously I wasn't that invested in who yeah. won the game so it was it was, it was was a good occasion for for everyone and the atmosphere was great. Obviously, it was different to a to a league cup final or whatever. But no, and I I agree that the the day out at Wembley could be regardless of of the trophy promotion and a cup final victory at Wembley. That would be a great season. You know, yeah, most double, fans, really, most yeah. football fans would take your hand off of that. You know, it'll be an outstanding season, and I think it would be unbelievable for some of these players who haven't necessarily. Um, I'm not saying they haven't achieved a lot in their career because obviously if we're a professional footballer, right, they're living the dream. Yeah. But they won't have played in front of potentially 40-odd thousand Sunderland fans at Wembley. And you could imagine like George Honeyman like, lifting the trophy in front of like, all them Sunderland fans. It's just a fantastic image to have in your head because you think mm. he's been here through all the struggles 
and Lee Cottenwall and people like that who have been here, Lyndon Gooch, who have been here through all the negative times and during our slide. And I think for them it would be a real statement, like, I was Sunderland, we're back and we're doing things. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree entirely. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the checker trade because during the course of the recording of this podcast, the draw will have taken place. Um, but we'll move on to the transfer window now. It's open, Mickey. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. There's already a lot of rumours going around. The chairman has been doing his fair share of um, <laughs> you know social media firestalking, if if you like, in that regards. Um, we'll start with you, Michael. What would you like to see come in? Well, I'll be the Will Grigg rumours have been used in my ears really because I don't I don't necessarily agree with such a thing as guaranteed goals, but I think with the quality we have in the side, with the finishing power of Will Grigg, I think we pretty much would be guaranteed promotion should we bring him in. I only know really of Will Grigg as most football fans because he you know he scores goals at Wigan and he's got that song. But he has actually got the, the stats to back it up, Michael. Yeah, I've just looked at the last three seasons that he's played at League One level. And he got 20 and 44 for the MK Dons in, I think it was 2014 15. Then he signed for Wigan, he scored 25 and 40. And then last season, he scored 19 and 43. And they're incredible statistics, really. So it just goes to show that. Do you know if all three teams got promoted? Because that would be interesting as well. Um, I'm trying to obviously. Because Wigan the, did twice. I yeah, think. the two Wigan spells are definitely promotion. I'm trying to figure out the dates for MK Dons. I'm not so sure. Mm. But it's, even so, though, it's, it's, it's still it's, remarkable. It really is um, contribution, it, and that would make a difference in this in this Sunderland side, which kind of been relying on Josh Madger for his goals. Yeah, there have been. Obviously, I'll be absolutely over the moon if Majesty and we got Will Grigg. That would just be an absolutely fantastic statement of intent that, yeah, we've kept our best player, but we've still brought quality into the team. Mm. And there's, there was news out on, on the club's uh, Twitter today, wasn't there, about uh, Jerome Sinclair's state at the club? Uh, I'll let Matthew have a bit. Yeah, obviously, he's gone back to, well, not obviously, you may or may not know, he's gone back to Watford. Mm. Um, so that's his loan spell over. And I. I feel for him in a way because it wasn't for a lack of effort. You, could, you couldn't fault his commitment to to the cause, but it just didn't. It it started off the the Charlton game in particular. He, he changed the game when he came on, mm. I think. And then there were spells that we discussed. I think midweek, um, he was he was excellent at Doncaster. He put in some some good performances. Peterborough at home as well, but the last couple of he just looks his confidence has just yeah. gone. I think, and I, I don't think it's worth. You can understand why he's gone back. It's not worth us persevering with that. It's not our problem, really. Does that not suggest, though, that it would be more of a loans thing coming in uh, rather than a permanent sign? Or do you think that Greg could be happening then? I would suggest uh, it's likely to happen because he's not particularly getting much of a look in that wig in this season, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he is, he's not been as prolific. And I think he's essentially a bit of a... You know when Michael Chopra was really too good for a championship but not quite good enough for a Premier League? Yeah. I think he's almost like a League One championship yeah. version of like Michael Chopra from about 10 years ago. <laughs> um, which doesn't sound like a compliment, but it actually is. Yeah, you um, yeah. Um, So yeah, I'd be delighted to see Grigg come in and I really hope it happens. Um, on Sinclair, though, just to continue and develop a little bit what Matthew says, I think... Some people have been a little bit like harsh with him, and there's a lot of things around like Jerome Sinclair, one of the worst I've seen in the Sunderland shirt. No, it's just it's reactionary nonsense, to be honest with you, because like you said, he even if like if we do get promoted this season, he has contributed. He's like kind of I'm not saying he's won us points with goals or anything, but he's contributed in victories. So 
I don't think you can say he's been like a complete disaster. He's just had a few bad games, and his confidence is obviously shot. And you, you could argue as well some of those games where he didn't have the best of appearances. He was played a little bit out of position. He was on the right, you know. And well, one of the most I think one of the most important wins we'll get this season was at Doncaster, and we wouldn't have won that game if he hadn't have been playing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I certainly hope he manages to turn his career around and I hope he's successful but I do think ultimately it was the right decision to send them back because as Stephen quite rightly pointed out in the reaction pod being brutal he's not now a player to develop and I would not like to see him be in the way of a player's development so in in the short term obviously because we're not going to sign a striker before Saturday certainly not to play on Saturday or feature but we did have a young striker came on exactly so, so my point is I would rather Kim Yorker was on the bench um, and not to stifle his development for the sake of giving him a few more minutes. Yeah. So I think it's the right decision. It's something that's happened a lot over the last few seasons of that, isn't it? Especially, well, it costs us a lot with those those Everton loanies as yeah. well. And, and Marco Gabbiadini often used to say uh, on Radio Newcastle as well, he would he'd be so frustrated about the fact that it, you know he, he knew younger players that were in the academy who couldn't even get in the squad yeah. because of these players who had come in from other clubs. It's a very important point what Michael's making, isn't it, Matthew? It is. I think... Like when you look back at last season, you you bring in Galloway and Brown and Clark Salter, and you think, would we have been any worse if we ju- Tom Beadlin was here? I think at the time, would we have been any worse? Not not that he, you know he's he's going to keep us up or anything, but you never know. He, he's you've developed him long enough, and then you're bringing in someone else's to play, yeah. develop almost at the detriment of your to your success, really, because evidently some of them aren't aren't good enough and. Yeah, I think it's all about the type of experience that they've had before you bring the club because I think the big mistake of what we made last season, and this segues a little bit into the signing of Jimmy Dunn yesterday. Yeah, we're I going think, to be hearing from him in a second. Because I think he's almost kind of the reverse of the way we've done loan signings in the past because Jay Clark Salter, I think he played 16 games for Bristol Rovers in League 2 yeah. and then suddenly we threw him into a championship relegation battle with such yeah. little experience. Over Yajari, I don't think he'd been loaned out anywhere when we'd loaned him in. No. Brendan Galloway had played a handful of games at West Brom, but nothing more than that. Tyus Browning hadn't had a huge amount of football. So basically, we were bringing these players in on the back of under-23 football, which we all know has played at a much slower, less physical pace. And we kind of placed a lot of our faith and trust in them players, which obviously didn't require backing, but I don't think it's the right approach to go down, which is why I'm really pleased when I look at Jimmy Dorn. He's had... um, he's just progressed and progressed and progressed in his loan spells so he went on loan to Barrow in the first instance and halfway through that season he made quite a big jump and went up a league to Acton Stanley Yeah. so he went from the conference to being promoted from League 2 in the season and then this season he's been at Hearts and he's scored a couple of goals and he's by all accounts they were good to see him go so he's just been yeah. non-stop progression yeah. so far in the last few couple of years and it's really good to see, and I hope he can bring that winning mentality, and I hope he can continue his development here. Which is the opposite kind of, um, you know, axes which we've seen from our signings over the last few years, hasn't it? We've always got players on, you know, maybe on the decline of their careers, or maybe players that haven't, even, you know, Dillabodgy hadn't hardly just been, featured. Yeah. Anyone that's been available at times, I think. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll take him. Did everyone see the Didier and Don quote where he suggested that he didn't even want to come? Yeah, he was yeah. made to come. He was, yeah, essentially. And that just, that just shows how poor our due diligence has been. But now it looks as though we are... I mean, Jack Ross said so much when he did the live show at the Peacock a few months ago. He yeah. said that we are doing background checks on people and we're only bringing the right characters and that's shown on the pitch. Yeah, because and as, as well, money is so precious as now. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that it wasn't precious under Ellis Shaw, but there was a, a transfer budget given to a, a certain 
me- members of the board or um, we had you know, we had Congleton in there for a while as well. And then, you know, the money was there to be spent. While there's now, I think there's a process where mm-hmm. Jack has said, I think they've got a lot of faith in Jack Ross, the, the owners, but he could say, I want this player. This is why, this is how much it'll cost. And this is why it fits in with our pay scale as well, which is very important. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to do this. And w- would Will Grigg fit in with that as well? You'd like to think so. I mean, I've seen, um, I'm not sure how reliable this is, but I saw a journalist tweet this afternoon saying that we bidded, and he described it as a low bid for Will Grigg. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're just kind of testing the testing the water to see how things go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't see us getting into any kind of transfer dealer now unless it was mutually beneficial for the player and for the club. Right. And, I, and I do hope Will Grigg fix it. We'll hear from uh, Jimmy Dunn in a second, but does the check of trade trophy draw be made? I'm just trying to find Ooh. the live feed of it well it's not live if you're listening to this well, obviously because yeah, obviously. Uh, this is a recorded thing it's alright Matthew you can bring that up uh, why don't we listen to let's listen to James Copley speaking to Jimmy Dunn about his move to Sunderland and his career so far which Michael's touched upon so Jimmy why Sunderland um, I think you know it's I said it before a bit of a no brainer um, with a club of, of this size and with a club that has a fan base um, like this uh, it's impossible not to think that this would be a good place to come to help develop me as a person and as a player. Um, there's a lot of pressures come along with being a Sunderland player, which you know if you can if you can get past that, it's going to really improve you. Yeah. Um, so I think that this is a perfect place to come and um, and learn my trade. Cool. And of course, um, Sunderland players might not be that aware of you. Describe your playing style to them. Like, how do you operate as a as a central defender? Uh, as a central defender, I just like to defend first. Mm-hmm. I'm still young, so I'm still really um, really working on my defending and you know really concentrating on improving and um, being a stopper at the back and stuff. So um, I'm continuing to learn that, continuing to develop. Um, I like to watch the older pros to see how they do it. Um, that's the type of player I want to be. I want to be someone who can be reliable at the back. And do you think that experience at Accrington last season would have helped you? Yeah, all my loan experiences have helped me massively playing in different leagues. And I played in three different leagues in in the space of a year. Like so, um, then they have been massive parts of my development. I, I would definitely have needed them to be able to come to a place like this. And yeah. That. Was that a conscious decision as well? Because there's a lot of young players now in the British game who, at a club like Burnley or Manchester United, where you were before, would just kind of sit on the laurels, maybe stay in the under-23s. Was it a conscious decision to go out and get first-team football? I think I think it's the obvious decision. If you want to go be a footballer, you need to play with men. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I got the opportunity to go and play in the in the conference with Barrow under Paul Cox, I took that opportunity, and it, I'm very grateful for being given that opportunity because a, a lot of young players and especially young defenders aren't trusted enough to go and, and play in men's football because it, it means so much to people. Um, so as soon as I I got that opportunity, I had to take and I had to try and do well and improve and, and step up the levels at every opportunity I got. Yeah, of course. And I spoke spoke to Charlie Method earlier. He's expect about thirty six thousand on Saturday. Will that be your biggest crowd if you do play? No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my biggest crowd. Um, what, what will that be? Uh, Sixty odd thousand at Murrayfield uh, this season. 
in the Scottish Cup semi-final. How was that? And Celtic Park, sixty thousand, and Ibrox, fifty-four thousand. So, yeah. um, they're massive crowds. You know, that was that was a, a league with a massive following. So, yeah. I, you know, I have experience under the crowds, but I'm yet to experience the uh, the pressure under the Sunderland supporters. So, I'm, I expect that will be quite different. So, I'm looking forward to experiencing it. And how much did you know about Sunderland before you joined? Obviously, uh, you mentioned earlier, but there's a bit of an Irish connection with now Quinjon O'Shea. How how big is that over? Oh, massive. There's a there's a huge Irish following. Uh, you know. Back home, my friends and family are so excited about it um, because they all know. As you said, John O'Shea is one of the most recent ones who, you know, captained our country, captained the club, and and I have to look at people like that and see how well they did and try and follow in their footsteps. And looking forward to working under Jack Ross as well. Absolutely, um, he's been really positive with me. He's been really positive with the lads, and we've seen the the really good football the lads have been playing this season. So I'm lucky to be a part. Of it. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Our thanks to James Copley for speaking to Jimmy Dunn for us here on the Wise Men Say podcast. He was down at the boxing club as well. Not so many people getting um, punched in the face in the back of that one as there was with the Charlie Methvin audio earlier on. Uh, but a good addition to the side, Matthew. Yeah, it would appear so. Uh, he comes with, a, as we discussed, he comes with a good pedigree and he seems a good character as well. Yeah, um, from what I've what I've heard and seen on on the socials, so yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. But we're going to be hearing from Luke or Nine as well later on in in the in the podcast, and um, they're they they're, they're sparring down at the the gym together, and then they're going off to play tennis as well. That's quite nice. Have they made friends already? I, I couldn't imagine Luke or Nine punching anybody for. Well, he's just it, such a nice lad. Although actually, he's he's, he's really lad, but he's really competitive as well. Mm. So I'd imagine like he would just absolutely spark somebody out, but then be so apologetic about it afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you think uh, Jimmy will come straight into the side, or does he stick with the the two at the back? I, I don't think he will. I think he'll he'll probably play with Flanagan and, and Baldwin. Yeah, um, should obviously availability de- dependent. Yeah, I would think he's probably been brought in as first replacement. Yeah. I think um, long term the season goes on, I would quite like it if he could come into the side on a more regular basis because it's a strange one because statistically um, Baldwin and Flanagan have actually had a really good season. Yeah, there was something going around, wasn't there, today about that? Um, yeah, and but even if we don't look at the kind of real nitty gritty of statistics, I think we've still conceded one of the fewest amount of goals in the league. Mm, well, talking of that, we have conceded 24, as have our opponents on Saturday. Oh. They've actually scored more than us as well by uh, three more goals. Yeah, but, they went through a, spa- a phase of just 
like demolishing people at home. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what. That, how good does that point look now that we got in August? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll speak about yeah. that. Let's, let's, let's speak about the, the two teams and and of course uh, Luton because this is the preview show. Just to finish all. off a little bit because I left that hanging slightly when I talked about because I've kind of go on then. Me point because I've said, oh, I'm really pleased about this side and I hope we can fit into the team. When I've got on to say, yeah, but actually, like we've been really good at the back, which we I think we I think the defense isn't as much of a concern as what people maybe make out. But, but, but the, uh, the the fullbacks no problem for you, not particularly, um, because I think all nine is perfectly adequate to fill in there. And providing we can keep Adam Matthews fit, I think we're absolutely fine. I think we've got good options at left back. But in the centre half point of view, we have even though even when we kept clean sheets, have looked a bit unconvincing. Flanagan and Baldwin, yeah. mm. and if um, Dunn does have the pedigree, that, sorry, if he's as good as his pedigree suggests, and we're going to have a lot of games, going to be particularly with the rearranged games. We're going to have three games in them um, six days coming up, and even that might be rearranged. So yeah. there's a lot of football we played. So, like I say, hopefully he can have a be more and more influential on the team as the season goes on. But for now, I certainly wouldn't be throwing him in the deep end. So you would stick with a, a similar side to last time? Well, not last time out, but last time out in the, in the league. I'm trying to think of his name. Well, so Catmull's still suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honeyman's probably not back. Watmore looks no. like he's out. Yeah. Um, so the back four would be the same. I wouldn't oh, change a back no, four. I, I mean, no. of all the, unless Matthews was to put obviously of the year yeah. those been training, but I think he's only trained today. So on the back of a couple of days training, I don't think it's really wise to just throw him into the team straight away. I and, think James has been doing. He's well been perfectly well, adequate, well, hasn't he? So yeah, and across the middle, same. Um, I'm trying to think what the midfield was. Uh, down Charlton, McGeek, and Power. Power, yeah. I, to be honest, I've, I think we're actually like lacking in options out at the moment, so I can't really see an alternative to playing them too. Mm-hmm. It's just, in a way, this is where obviously Matthews is, is a miss at right back anyway, but you you miss him in that aspect because I, I'd like to see O nine get a run in the middle. Uh huh. Um, it's like slightly more power. advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is still like uh, if McGeady doesn't play, there is that small. It's not small. At, at times, there is that gap, isn't there, between mm-hmm. our midfield and the strike force, uh-huh. which only a couple of McGeady fills. Well, Honeyman fills that. Yeah, well, does, he, well. he's one of them honeymen you don't realise how influential on the side he's been until he's been injured Yeah, but I think the big debate at the moment is Lyndon Gooch versus Chris Maguire because to be quite frank neither of them are playing particularly well at the moment well Maguire got the goal on Tuesday night so maybe that'll help him I hope a bit so. of a ping as well and he is as we say on numerous occasions he's a man for like the big occasion and Lyndon Gooch with his energy is certainly a really good option to have off the bench the one thing I'll say in Gooch's favour, although he hasn't done it in the past few weeks, he has co- still contributed goals and assists, even mm-hmm. when his performances haven't been great. Yeah, and I that's, agree with that, definitely. And I would much rather, from like a coaching or managerial perspective, I would far rather have a player who is going to maybe not have a, a, a maybe 5, 6 out of 10 overall, but score you an important goal or provide a goal for somebody yeah. else because that's what ultimately wins your games. Well, I think the world's all... The the two two at Walsall is a prime example of that. We, he had a fairly terrible game and scored and got an assist. It was quite bizarre, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, go on, Frankie. No, I was I was going to move the, the the chat back round to the the opposition on on, mm-hmm. on Saturday if if we can. They've had a lot of um, well, they've had the, the, one of the biggest uh, football stories of of the week with their manager leaving to go to Stoke. Nathan Jones he came out today and said he's been crying every time he's got a text message from a. A former player, <laughs> which is quite sweet, he, I guess. He seems a very emotional guy, doesn't he? A very he? emotional guy, but that's all right. You know, we had Big Dick. He was an emotional guy. 
He cried, you know, we bought him flowers, all that kind of thing. Well, he bought his wife flowers. Um, but will that affect Luton, do you think, going into Saturday's game, Matthew? It has to, I think. Yeah. I, I, it's got to ha- like destabilise them in, in some way. It could obviously galvanise them in a way, but I think it's got to affect... He's been there a few years as yeah. well, so it's not as if he's just been a flash in the pan and someone's yeah. taken a chance on him. He's, I think they've overachieved as well. Uh-huh. So I, I think it, it has to. It can only... Well, you'd like to think it can only work in our favour this weekend. Jack Ross, he's in the press conference today. He's played it with a very with a very straight bat, like he always does when he's being asked about. And he's mentioned tactically. I don't think it's going to be much different, which I completely agree with, by the way, from a tactical standpoint. But like Matthew said, it's got to affect the kind of like the morale of the squad if they've been personally they're texting each other, crying. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's quite a tragic scene, isn't it? To think about. <laughs> it um, but. Um, yeah, so if he's built up these really close, like personal relationships over the he's built up a rapport with the players yeah. and the fans, and oh, naturally it's going to be. And I think the, whoever is in caretaker charge is going to have a really hard job of pulling them together. So I think in time they could really work in our favour. But thinking more long term, I wouldn't be surprised to see Luton slide now, which is unbelievable news for us. It is. It often happens at this in this league as well. There's often someone overachieving. Something happens during the season. They end up finishing. Mid-table, Peterborough. Well, Peterborough, every exactly, year. yeah, they've already done that. But I think there's even even in close season. Obviously, Shrewsbury did well, last, really well last season. Lost the manager now. The the struggling at the bottom. So sort of, it's it's the level they're at where a manager really can drag you. Yeah. Uh, you know, to the to the top of the league, and then yeah, he, he seemed very very charismatic. I mean, obviously, I don't know a huge amount about him, but just the games you did see from Luton, he was always on the touchline, bounced up yeah, and down. Well, he was linked with was he? He was linked with our job in the summer, wasn't he? Well, yeah, like, who wasn't? I, like? I'm sure he was linked when Simon Grayson got sacked, like, but he, he wasn't a front runner. But he was kind of mentioned in dispatches yeah. a bit further down the list. Mm, yeah, um, he would have been a massive gamble last season, but. Look, I mean, we've got to like kind of like take advantage of it, or we can't now let them off a the hook. We've got to go for them from the off on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, one of the players that is uh, really in form for Sunderland at the moment in playing in a position he probably never thought about playing is, is Luke O'Neill. We've touched upon yeah. him already. James is gonna, uh, has been speaking to him this afternoon. Let's hear the conversation between James Copley and Luke O'Neill. With the quality I've got around me, you've got great organisation, great players. they always talking to me and um, you know, I'm just really pleased that I could help you know helping the team and contribute to wins and whenever I, uh, I pass you in the tunnel after a game you're always quite bubbly you're always laughing joking how good a group is this at the moment yes yeah, class um, Jimmy uh, he's just come in he fits right in I've been talking to him today and uh, just had, had a little uh, a little oh, scrap we, there oh, we've you? had a little scrap I'm giving a lift home so he's got to remember that <laughs> um, no he, he's class I played he's at Atkinson uh, last year when I was at Wickham so uh, I can tell you for a fact he'll fit straight in um, so yeah I think we're going back to beat him at tennis after this as well so uh, and, and just on Jimmy what do you think he brings to the side um if there's a scrap, a good punch. So I've just felt it in the ring. So if there's a scrap, he's got a bit weird on you. Though, oh yeah. He? If he, if, if there's a fight, I'll be hoping that he backs me up. Um, but no, he, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, in terms of adding to the change room, he, he adds to the great bunch of boys we've got. Um, playing wise, to be honest with you, I haven't actually seen too much of him. Um, training today. Um, we will split into two groups and uh, we'll do the same thing but two different pitches so I won't with him I I haven't seen his finishing skills or anything yet but (laughs) ask me in a couple of hours when I go back and beat him at tennis and I'll give you he's he's a big lad so he'll be good at head tennis I'd imagine oh no I'll get him working just working back to front back to front yeah yeah nice drag him about a bit oh yeah just on to Luton as well on Saturday how important is it for you as a footballer to be backed by such a, a big strong home support 
huge. Um, it's an Does it give you a lift when you when you walk oh, down the yeah. pitch? Oh yeah, just the other day at the Czech trade, having sixteen thousand fans there, which is just is incredible. Um, I think that's, listen, the fan base here is something I've I've never come across before. Is it? Um, it is incredible. That's it's as simple as that. It's you know I get excited uh, when I come out of the tunnel and see that many fans cheering you on it can only help you um, yeah. so for me yeah it's, it's special the fan base um, and having so many fans week in week out is really a big lift you know when we, when we score even when we don't score when the other team score and they go in front and the fan, our fans are still cheering it's huge so um, yeah long may it continue so I get the impression that just from speaking to you now that you just generally love football don't you oh yeah oh yeah um, yeah 100% like I've always, I've always loved football. It's a privilege to be in the game, um, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, I take good pride in knowing that a lot of people want to be in my place. Um, so I'm making sure that when I wear the shirt, I, I wear it to the best I can. Um, I do as much as I can to make sure when I turn up on the weekend, the fans that pay the money to come watch, I can give them the best performance I can um, and help the team out. So. Um, yeah, just really enjoying it. And, and how's that step up in a sense been from Wickham? Obviously, they don't play in front of as big a crowd. Obviously, you have a good affinity with Wickham fans as well. I've seen that on Twitter. Um, but was it, did you feel a bit of pressure coming into Sunderland to perform? Yeah, perhaps. Um, I was excited. I was. I really wanted to do well. Um, and you know, it took me probably a couple of months to to get up to speed. I'll be the first one to say that. But. Um, I had really good people around me. I remember having a chat with Potts um, just about my transition and um, he said I was trying too hard at one stage, I was overthinking things and I remember the date, I remember the date of the conversation, I remember the exact day, I remember where we were. And ever since that day, you know, I started to relax a little and remember my good qualities that got me here and really focused on them and you know, day by day I got better and better and felt more comfortable with you know, with help with all the good people around me and um, yeah, it's going well at the moment, and uh, I'm going to keep working to make sure that the team keep doing well, um, and then we can win the league. Hopefully, yeah. It must be great, you know, playing alongside Lee Catamole, the McGeady players with the Champions League and Premier League experience as well. For you, you a young player coming through as well. Yeah, um, you know, when I first joined, having having them alongside me and training every day, their, their speed and their understanding of the game is incredible. So, you know, day by day, they you have to, you, you normally. You, 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 you gravitate towards those sort of players you learn from them you've got to be quicker than them you've got to learn to get as quick as them otherwise they make you look silly so <laughs> they, they've made me a better player and um, you know, Jimmy coming in he'll do the same um, I was, he's ready for another scrap <laughs> <laughs> he's eyeing you up again isn't he <laughs> um, so yeah listen having the players we've got around us is incredible um, it really does help me improve day by day Cool. I'll let you get off and, uh, and go for round two with Jimmy. Now. Oh, yeah, already. <laughs> that was Luke 09, our right back, with James Copley at the Chelsea Street or Burtley uh, Boxing Club. Uh, he's off for another round with uh, Jimmy Dunn. It's good to see that there's a, that kind of. Yeah, I'm sure it's always been there, you know, the kind of banter in the dressing room. But it, but it really feels like, you know, they're all on a level playing field right now. They're all getting on and they're all having yeah. friends. You know, we're all making friends. All making friends. It's nice. It's nice. It? it is nice. Yeah, it's good. It must be a good environment to 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 be around. You know, the facilities down at the the academy and the you know, players coming in from lower down the leagues. Luton Nine. You saying you saying that how much, how you know, how much of a big club he realised it was when he when he when he came in and when he you know he's walking out on the pitch in front of all those people and it actually it, it makes him a, want to be a better player. You know, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's strange because if you'd said after that Charlton game 
that one one out of the two of Jerome Sinclair and Luke 9 one of them, the supporters, are going to be absolutely loving and he's going to be like playing really well and improving every game and one of them is going to be sent back to his club in January, you would not have said that Luke 9 would be the one who's currently excelling in the position which he admitted himself he's totally alien to because he lied about playing right back in the past to get a game there because he got yeah. asked. And that's and that's just testament to his character, Vaughan. It just shows like the kind of new beginning that the club is just the epitome of everything of what's good around the place right now. Yeah, Matthew, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, like it's one of the characters I, that yeah. we've been missing for years, isn't he? Yeah, you know. Yes, and not only does obviously it means like you can see what it means to him to play for us, but he is like he does seem to like have like good banter as well and yeah. like fit in with the sort of the the ethos of what what they're all trying to achieve. And I, I did feel for him at the beginning of the season because he, he signed on the Thursday and he was chucked into centre midfield on the Saturday, didn't <laughs> yeah. I? So. It's incredible we won that game, you know, when you look back. We started Luke 09, the 16-year-old, in the centre midfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, interesting, to say the least. Let's uh, look at uh, the, the weekend's fixture. Luton, um, predictions then. Come on, let, let's be sensible here, Michael, what you're saying. Oh, this one is really, really tough to predict. Can I just say at this point, we haven't mentioned Josh Madger for pretty much the whole show, including a transfer segment as well. It shows you how much he's kind of gone under the radar in the past few days after it all blew up about a week ago. It's actually helped, hasn't it? A bit of time and acceptance from fans have thought, well, if he goes, he goes. If he stays, he stays. Brilliant. If he goes, Will Griggs on the horizon. But Josh... But um, Ross has come out today and said that nothing's changed on the Magic situation. And again, Jack Ross has played it so well. He's come out and said that every conversation he has with Magic is still really positive. He said that um, he's got nothing personal against Magic whatsoever. You hope he and plays he, of the weekend, yeah, gets another he, goal. And you he know. keeps reiterating how much he's still behind him. And it's fantastic to see the manager coming out of that kind of rhetoric rather than getting on his back and putting them under pressure. So is he going to score the weekend? Is he going to score the weekend? Absolutely, he's going to score the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Simon Grayson. <laughs> uh, moving on, Matthew, uh, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, score, I don't know, I'm usually pretty silly with these, aren't I? <laughs> the manager's just. Didn't actually get a score for you, Mickey. The manager's just gone. I'll come back in a sec. 3 1 Sunderland. 3 1 Sunderland. Max scoring the first goal. <laughs> he, he he needs a, a goal. He, do, he could do with a goal. He's yeah. had the most. I've never seen anyone have so many blocked shots. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember he scored a really good goal down Gillingham. I was kind of half expecting this every other week. I'm like a League One Stephen Gerrard, kind of like yes. getting on the end of knockdowns on the edge of a box and rifling them in from 25 yards. I think he'd but... love that comparison, by the way. He was, yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, he would. Yeah, proper sound out, lads. Um, so, what are you going to say? What's the score going to be? I'm going to say 2 0 Sunderland. Same margin, but we're going to keep a clean sheet. Right, okay. And just before we sign off, do we know who we've got in the Czech Republic? No, they've, gone, they've had an advert. Oh, well, you'll know by the time you hear this. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. The lads will be back on Monday, hopefully after we beat Luton on and Saturday. If you're at Luton before oh, yeah. the game, or even if you're not at Luton before the game, come along to the Peacock and watch Darren Williams provide us with some great banter and stories <laughs> from over the years. Darren's funny stories. Danny's fun, Darren's funny stories. No, but to be serious, he is a really good guest. We've had him before, but it's been a while since he's been on, so Absolutely. it'll be... It'll be really good to hear some of his crack again. And after the match, hopefully we'll be able to get some post-match stuff after you, just after the game. Yeah, forget about this. So much content these days. Loads. Right, OK, thanks, lads. Uh, we'll see you
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.